America, Washington, D.C., signing on. space is uh was acting up for me i don't know what's going on with the app but we planned on doing a uh little thing tonight and of course i have showed up i said it was going to be at 2100 uh started at 2100 and of course i'm pretty sure that the the uh the the gloved man that challenged me to do i'm pretty sure he ain't gonna show up uh, so anyway, you know, it is what it is. You know, you take something stupid and you turn it into something good. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing here. Um, it's a live Q&A. We're going to be talking about the Gorilla's Guide to Signals Intelligence. Uh, as I was attempting to uh, convey in the, the convoluted uh, menu that kept freezing up on me, um, is that kind of describing the impetus behind the book. And if you haven't read the book, um, you know, that, that, that is going to be my opening question when you have questions is, have you read the book? Uh, so, you know, get ready for that. Uh, but anyway, the impetus behind the book is building intelligence capability with common off the shelf equipment. All right. Um, it dives into the actual process of intelligence procurement, how we create intelligence products, how we uh, move forward uh, with that, and, and really, you know, the, the whole process behind it. And, um, you know, there's there's a way it's done, there's a way it's, it's not done. And signals intelligence in particular, uh, just like with communications, is probably the most misunderstood topic when it comes to really anything that I can think of. Um, you know, the, the preparedness topics, the uh, unconventional warfare topics, signals in, in general are really the most misunderstood topic out there. And you have a lot of banter back and forth. And, you know, some, some of it's valid. A lot of it isn't. Because the point that they're missing is, you know, what's the purpose behind what you're trying to do? You know, the mission drives the gear. And uh, as it applies to signals intelligence, there's not some magic widget that's going to do all the things for you. Um, you know, and uh, Steve, I see you in the comments. Share, just switch to digital. No more Balfang police scanner. Hey, I hear you. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, but... And it, to my point, though, is that having a bunch of gear without the underlying skill or any sort of experience in utilizing it for a purpose, you know, you're just kind of you're just kind of pulling things out of your ass at that point. Right. And so the book was written, um, you know, the Gorilla's Guide to Balfang Radio. I was approached. A few of you kind of know the story behind it. Um, I was approached by someone. I talked about this last night with uh, John Ammons and, and his crew. Um, <clears throat> Noel Bishop, who is a, a retired Special Forces officer as well. Um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> Douchebrag's cousin, uh, brother Dick, or, or whatever he goes by, uh, who, who is another. Um, well, he, he's, he's a veteran of some special mission stuff, so we'll just leave it at that. 
Um, but I, I kind of shared the the story behind the Grills Guide to Bow thing on there. You know, I was approached by some folks, a, a friend, and some other friends that that are in the the hot loop, and said, "Hey, you know, we're encountering these literally everywhere. Can you write up a quick start, essentially, on how to use it so that?" our guys don't have to sit there and figure everything out and unfuck stuff and, you know, so on and so forth. Right. And so that was the impetus behind the book. It was written from the perspective that somebody knows absolutely nothing about communications and, and it is about communications, right? The first couple of chapters, again, deal with the bow thing, really nothing else. Um, you build up from there though. You always begin in every field manual, you, you begin with creating a baseline and, and work your way up. And so the girl's guide to signals intelligence, it, it was the exact same approach. Um, the upcoming gorilla's guide to HF radio, by the way, um, that is going to take that same perspective as well and, and demystify a lot of the HF stuff that's out there. Cause there's a lot of, of com, uh, a lot of confusion. You're talking about the deep end of the pool, there uh the, the deep end of the olympic size pool but uh anyway um live q a you know we'll go for for probably 30 minutes or so and uh you know uh, ad hoc show again this originally was was meant to be a space um space was giving me a fit x was giving me a fit twitter the the uh twitter app that i've been using has been giving me uh some problems this latest update that they pushed out has been giving me some problems uh, so anyway, I, what I need to do is uh, really um, update this phone that I'm using. So in case anybody's wondering, uh, shout out to my friend Kay over at Combat Studies Group. Uh, he's got some incredible privacy-oriented phones over there. He can get you squared away. And he's going to be having ground rod um, one and two at my place in March. I've got those up on the calendar as well as a night vision course that he's got going on and um he's also gonna have gunfight concepts which i think is is an absolute ball smoker of a class and uh one that that you know you definitely need to be a part of and again my full schedule is up on brushbeater.store as well so i'd love to see you in class anyway um with podbean you can call in and we will get cranked up field your questions go ahead Boiler Man, Boiler Man 09. What's up, brother? Good to talk to you. Hey, how's it going? Hey, just a shout out for your book. It's the best comms book I've read. I've been a ham for a couple years, and you brought more to my knowledge of radio than anyone else did. So, anyone else who's going to diss the book, they can uh, take a back seat. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. So here's my question. This is I'll get to it if you're only going to be on doing for 30 minutes. So I understand uh, propagation. Um, I understand that uh, your radio is only good as your antenna. Um, I do have the G90, um, and I love it. It's it was easy to use or easy to learn, and it was my first it has been my first HF radio. Um, but um, that being said, it's only 20 watts, and what I want to know, I got a and fed half wave uh, it's 123 feet long it's supposed to be good for 10 to 80 meters um it's got a um it's not a uh un -un, i think it but it does have a box at the at the connection end um and it's rated it's rated for 100 watts what i want to know is is uh, that that uh that end fed uh, uh antenna that i got if i get another radio that has higher wattage Am I going to have better reception or better? Uh, am I going to? Am I going to have? There's a couple guys that can I can hear, but they can't hear me. And I want to know if with a few more watts, um, is that going to make a difference? Yeah, it, it absolutely will. Um, so twenty watts is great for QRP, right? Um, and, and we're talking HF, so high frequency yeah. radio. Um, you know, I, I, I know you know, but I just want to make sure everybody's on the same page here. 
the Zygu G90 is what I call the, the Toyota Hilux of radio. Um, of course, I can't take full credit for that. Uh, my friend uh, MCAT Mid also goes Mark's Inner Demon on Twitter. Um, he, he's the one that came up with that. Uh, he is the guy that came up with that term, but yeah, it, it's it, if you want the easiest way to get into HF, um, the G90 is is really great, and I love it. Uh, that's that is the HF radio that I end up using most often. Um, now you're getting to the meat of your question with HF antenna, antenna, antenna. Have you ever? I, I'm going to answer your question with a question, kind of, but not really. Um, have you ever put an antenna analyzer on it to see where the, the standing wave ratio or the SWR actually is? Um, I do have a, uh, antenna tuner that I put up to it with the tuner disconnected and it matched what the, um, SWR meter on the G90 was saying, but I have not put the analyzer on it. I do have the tiny SA, but I have not had enough time after I bought it to, uh, um, to, to learn to use it yet. So hopefully in Montana, uh, coming up here this spring, I'll get yes. some practical experience. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so with regard to antenna, that's always your first stop is SWR. And and what SWR is, is actually seeing the ratio of electrically where your antenna is tuned to or what frequency it is, it is optimized for. Um, when I was first learning all this stuff when I was in the Army, and I'll be honest, uh, HF originally really went over my head um, because, you know, all all I knew was, you know, mill VHF and SATCOM. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're getting familiarized and then having to use HF. And it was like, oh, man, uh, you know, we're we're in the deep end of the pool here. Like these antennas well, are huge. You know, uh, I can I can I can relate because not to interrupt you, but I can relate because I started yeah. off with my technician's license and uh, joined yeah. my local ham club, you know, and learned to learn to program, you know, my uh, my handheld and my my mobile for the repeaters and got on that way um, and then got comfortable using it and got comfortable, you know, um, uh, you know, figuring out how VHF and UHF worked. Um, yeah. then I took, then I took my VHF and UHF, um, radios out in the mountains and we used them for, um, hunting camp communications. And I set up a, a dual band repeater and, you know, that worked really well. And then I went into HF. I got the G90 and went into HF. Boy, it's a whole nother world because there's digital, you know, and, uh, you're, you're, uh, and you're not reaching just a few miles, you know, um, you're reaching, you know, all the way across the world, even with 20 watts even with 20 watts. So what, what I would tell you is, is, is that that's your first stop. Your second stop is actually looking at the, the physical characteristics of your antenna. So different antennas on HF, especially this is true for all of them. Um, but different antennas on HF behave and propagate differently. Um, you have two methods of propagation or two, two ways that, that your RF energy propagates off of an antenna. And it is uh, horizontal or what we call ground wave on HF, as well as VHF and UHF. Uh, and you also have on HF, you have sky wave as well. And, you know, VHF also propagates a little bit via sky wave with this uh, X-class solar flare that, that's got everybody all hot and bothered. Um, you definitely going to. You, we're, we're going to have some interesting for the next couple days. I think we're going to have some interesting VHF behavior. But um, anyway, I would say with, with your antenna, height above ground has a lot to do with it, too. On HF, height above ground is, is, is going to change the characteristics of your antenna. So, so let's say you're, you know, you're on 20 meters, 14 megahertz, right? 14 to 14.350 megahertz. Um, that's the band that you really want to talk, you know, as you said, around the world that because that's just the way that it propagates off the ionosphere. Um, the higher up that antenna goes, the better it's, it's going to perform in that duty. Um, and, and I could, if, if I had a way of drawing this concept out for you and, you know, I, I demonstrated in class, I draw it all out. Everything's on a whiteboard. 
um, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, and then of course we'll go out and do it. Uh, but it's, it's kind of an abstract concept to tell you, right. When you're going lower in frequency, like say 40 meters, seven megahertz, uh, 80 meters, uh, 3.5 to four megahertz, uh, you know, and, and anywhere in between those antennas actually perform better closer to the ground and closer to the, the earth ground. So the, you know, that that's all part of it. Now I want to talk about power output too, because that's another part of your question this is a pretty deep question here. Um, you know, 20 Watts, can you talk over huge distances? Yes. Um, and, and let, let's talk about the differences in modes. You know, if, if it's just what we call phone or, you know, voice communications, well, that's actually your least efficient way of doing it. Um, digital modes, you know, JSA call is, is really popular. I think it's got some, some serious limitations for some of the applications it's being advertised for, but um, it's, it's a very good mode. It was designed by uh, Joe Taylor, who's uh, a, a physicist at, at MIT. He's he's really, really awesome guy and uh, all around awesome guy. He's one of the, you know, he, he's a good ham. We've been talking a lot of trash about the uh, sad hams and whatnot. Well, there's a lot of sad hams out there. Well, there are, but I'm going to tell you, Joe Taylor ain't one of them. Um, that dude ain't one of them. He's, he's a good dude. And I'm good. I'm an amateur extra. So I've been an amateur extra for almost a decade now. So, um, you know, and I, all I'm here to do is help people. And, you know, but anyway, not talking about that. Um, but power output absolutely has has something to do with it. Um, 20 watts. There, there are some times that 20 watts just ain't going to. Ain't gonna do it now. If you go to like CW or Morse code, twenty watts is is a whole lot of energy. Digital modes, uh, which CW is a type of digital mode, by the way, it's the oldest one. It's a, it's just a binary code. Um, you're talking about dBs of gain or decibels of gain at that point, based on the mode. And there's so much that you can gain out of that over just voice. But a lot of people, their, their starting point is voice communications. And hey, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Just know that that, that is the least efficient mode. And that's the one that, that's probably going to give you the biggest fit, right? When you, you're, you're trying to communicate over long distances via HF. So um, I would, I would, what I would tell you is, is I would strongly encourage you to look into the digital modes that are out there. Um, FL Digi is a hundred percent free. The, uh, WSJT, um, uh, WSJTX, by the way, I think is, is a, the current software package that includes JS8. Um, I don't think it costs anything. I didn't pay anything for it, but that was, that was a while back. No, and I have used, I have used WSJTX and I do get a lot, um, a lot further out with 20 Watts on, on it, um, I, a little bit. A little bit closer in with JS8, uh, and yeah. then um, I, I I haven't heard you mention it yet, but I'll just throw it out there: um, the new newer VAR AC mode, which seems pretty pretty robust in that in, in what it can do. Um, I get about the same I get about the same propagation with it, um, but uh, you know it's it's still not. Uh, but it, I still think I need a few more watts, maybe just to get the guy who is in an HOA and he can't change his antenna where. I can move mine around, you know? Yep. Oh, a hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. And, um, yeah, I, I would tell you though, like the, the Zygu G90 is great radio for what it is, but it does have some limitations. Um, and those limitations are power output and, you know, it, it, it's, I would say that, uh, it was, it, it was great when it came out as a receiver. It's still a very good receiver. I actually listen to shortwave on it, uh, a lot, believe it or not. Like it, that's actually my primary shortwave receiver. Um, but the, some of the newer receivers that, especially what Zygu is putting out or Jigu or however you pronounce it, you'd think I'd know cause I work with the company, but, um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm an authorized dealer for him in case anybody's wondering, but, um, yeah, it, it's anyway, the, the, the newer stuff that they've got coming out, the 6,100 has got an incredible receiver on it. Um, it's, it's wonderful. The ICOM, uh, 705 is, is just, man, that thing blows. 
everything out of the water in terms of receiving capabilities. So, um, yeah, it, but what I would tell you is, uh, if you wanted to graduate to a, a higher powered radio, hundred watt radio, uh, which, you know, all, all of the, your full, um, powered rigs, your, your, uh, QRO rather than QRP. QRP is low power. QRO is high power, uh, or higher power. They go up to hundred Watts, uh, except for there was a Kenwood model that put out 200 Watts. But anyway, I digress. Um, I would get one of those and here's the one I would buy. If I were you, I would get an ICOM IC 718. If you can find one. Uh, I think they were discontinued. I might be wrong about that. Uh, I think they were discontinued, but that is the absolute simplest radio, 100 watt radio on the market. It's very similar to the ICOM 7200, but ICOM 7200 sells for a lot of money on the used market. So yeah, it, it's, but um, the, the 718, not so much. And, and uh, great little radio, man. 100 watt output. I think you're going to be right at home. I mean, it doesn't have all the, the cool bells and whistles of the display, the waterfall and, you know, and, and variable filters and everything that the, the Zygu G90 has. Uh, so you're giving up a little bit, but you're gaining 100 watts. And, and it's a radio that's been around for about 25 years, I think. So it, it's it's got longevity. A lot of people are familiar with it. So, so I, I think, did look at I did look yeah. at that one. I was actually going to go with the 7800. Just because oh, of, cool. of just because of the uh, just because of the of the display options and the ease of hooking it up yeah. for digital. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. That the seventy eight hundred is is that thing is is such a nice radio, such a nice radio, w- wonderful screen on it. Um, and you know, I think I think Icom just a, a little um, aside here. I think Icom is really killing the market as far as uh you know one of the japanese manufacturers i don't know how much longer yesu is going to be making hf radios i I don't know how much longer yesu is going to be around in fact and and i'll tell you why um and 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 look i've been a yesu fan for a very long time i think yesu's really really good equipment um my very first radio in the amateur radio world was a yesu 817 uh, yesu 817 nd in fact uh, november delta model but motorola owns them and it's a matter of of marketing you know motorola chases contracts and you know we we all know that we're all familiar with that i mean motorola is well well known company right um been in the game a long time well they acquired verdicts and verdicts communications that they were their competitor uh verdicts communications was the parent company of yesu and it's really sad because yesu has been you know really a stalwart name in in the amateur radio market for a long time and uh i just Something tells me it, when when uh, they unveiled the past few years, they unveiled their products like the Dayton Hamvention is essentially shot show for ham radio. And when Yesu shows up and doesn't really put out anything, um, that kind of really, you know, I, I don't know, man. So I, if, if I was buying something new, I'll be blunt. If, if I was buying something new and I'm in a market for a 100 watt rig, um, it, it would be ICOM simply because I, well, ICOM is typically substantially simpler to operate than yet. Yes. has got a lot of menus in the interface. You kind of have to learn, you know, it's a joke that we used to have. It's, you know, it's, it's very Japanese, but, uh, ICOM is very straightforward, very rudimentary, very intuitive to use. And, um, typically that's, that's one of their trademarks. And I, I see them as having longevity. Because they're very committed to the amateur radio market, they're bringing out new products, um, very very high end products, and and I think that it's nice stuff. So uh, yeah, it, it, I think that's a good choice. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you doing a Q um, yeah. and A, uh, and and I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing you on Mon- in Montana, you and Jay Dolio for some training in uh, in the spring. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up and give someone else a chance to call in. All right, brother. All right. right, Thanks for answering my question, bro.
Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I look forward to meeting you in person. Before we get another question in here, though, we got Dolio in the house. Hey. You in here? You trying to talk? I see you glowing. Your icon is glowing. Anyway, all right. You'll get figured out. We're going to hit mute. We're going to let somebody else call up in here. Anybody. It ain't nothing but a party, yeah. Open country. Open country. What's up, brother? 305 is in here. Oh, how wrong. What's up, my dude? Oh, not much. Just living the uh, nightmare of Illinois. Your volume is like in the weeds, my man. Okay, stand by one second. Hey, is this any better? A little bit. A little bit. Alrighty. So, uh, quick question here. So, yeah, I was uh, trying to play around with the radio with my son the other night to uh, try to talk to the space station because he's into that, right? So, yeah, set up a Yagi on a tripod, looked up, you know, what time it's coming over, you know, azimuth, elevation, all of that, and mm-hmm. dialed in no dice and i'm wondering if somehow satellite communication is somehow different or if there's something i'm missing um so the the iss uh communicating with the iss pretty cool i've done it a few times you can do it with a bow thing um there was a there was some some madman the other day that that uh had posted up a picture of his homemade homebrew aluminum arrow antenna that thing was a yaggy antenna dude i loved it um and and that's he was talking about talking to the iss and and doing that um what i would say is 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 that what was probably occurring and you could talk by the way for anybody who doesn't know you can talk to the iss on uh i think it's 147 point Something nigger. I don't know it offhand. Do I? Anyway, um, yeah, it's it's somewhere in there. It's in the two meter range, and um, you know, you just basically do a straight shot, you know. But what you need to make life easy to do this is an app called Heavens Above. And, um, you know, normally I'm kind of loathe to recommend a bunch of apps to people and stuff, but heavens above is, uh, there's a few other apps that do this, but heavens above is the one that, that I utilized when I was playing around with AMSAT or amateur radio satellite. Um, and, and they're all low earth orbit. So if you think like and the international space station is low earth orbit too. So think back to when, uh, SpaceX launched the Starlink system, right? So when they did that, you know, we saw these big, you know, trains of, of um, uh, lights in the sky that look like stars, but, you know, they, they're just floating in a line across the sky. Well, low Earth orbit satellites are what those are. And that's, I don't want to get into the science of Starlink and, and how it works uh, versus, you know, low Earth orbit versus geostationary and all that. I ain't getting into that. That's a lot to dive into, but the ISS is floating across the sky. And when it does a pass, if it's during the day, it's impossible to see it. If it's at night, you, you actually might see the ISS, uh, but it'll look like one of those Starlink satellites when it's passing overhead. Um, If you get heavens above, and you 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 know you allow the camera to look at the sky it's going to tell you where it is and so that's going to give you your basically your firing solution to be able to talk to the ISS and um the international space station interestingly enough has a amateur radio station on board and there's always an astronaut that will uh radio you back you know they they keep a log of it so it is pretty cool but heavens above that that's going to solve like 99.9% of the issue, man. 
Okay, I appreciate it. I'll uh, take a look at that and uh, go from there. Right on, man. Okay, right see you on. in a couple of weeks, man. Yeah, bro. Okay. Yeah, we's going to have fun. Oh, uh, yes, we will. Okay. We's going to have fun in the scout course, by the way, in the scout course in February. I, I know uh, a guy who might be coming down to that one just to get shot at by the students. Yeah. We got plenty of room in that class, by the way. So if you want the I will pass premier, it on. You want the, the premier small unit tactics course out there, bar none. There you go. And you'll be able to get some trigger time with some new thermal. We're going to have some very high-end uh, latest and greatest technology thermal that's that is coming. It is on its way to brushbeater.store from a few brands. Uh, we've got Trigicon, we've got iRay, and we've got AGM on the way. So working with those manufacturers as well. Uh, so whole lot of whole lot of things on tap. In case you didn't know, by the way, a little sales pitch. Got night vision in stock as well. Elbit tubes. I was Gen just going to ask you uh, that. Two, I'm going to need. I'm going to need to look at some mm, of those. Two thousand farm. Uh, so you know, aviation grade equipment. Um, you know, I sold a, a white phosphor PVS fourteen within a couple of hours of of getting them in stock. So, um, you know, hey, it, it's there, and I've got the I've got bump helmets on the way. Uh, that are ballistic graded. I've got mounting solutions. We've got Wilcox mounts coming. Uh, I've got dual tubes in stock right now. I'm going to have more dual tube options coming in as well. So I'm also going to have some down market stuff because I know not everybody's got night vision, you know, Gen 3 money, but they still need something. So we're going to have some some Gen 2 equipment coming in that's still very high end. Um and, uh, you know, it, it's it, I'm, what I'm trying to do is create a portfolio that, that can satisfy our, our community needs for a, a wide variety of budgets. Um, you know, and, and you know, we're going to have the high end equipment. You also have the stuff that's still perfectly serviceable and, and gives you those capabilities at, at a price that, that you know, um, isn't going to cost you two kidneys in a in a bathtub. So anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, next question. Anybody? Anybody want to call in? Peter Provenzano. Peter, you're in here. What's up, brother? Okay, working now. Hey, yeah, there you go. I got you. Okay, sorry about that. So, uh, yeah, nice to have uh, both you and uh, the tactical wisdom man himself, Joe Dolio. Because yeah. my question, my question's more of a tactical question versus radio specific. Um, cool. I guess more TTP or whatever. So, I've been thinking about um, keeping, you know, RF signature down, but how to do that in in lieu of like uh battle you know battle tracking different uh, battle tracking uh the guys right so um the group that we're working with uh getting to the point where we can have two different subgroups trying to be you know at, on the size like vague as possible but two different subgroups in two different locations doing things right so you have to battle track yeah. yeah but how are you doing that at, with how are you keeping your rf low but if your guys are calling in phase lines and grids every you know 20 so, minutes so <laughs> true true essentially true inter inter team communications it's, you know and, and that's why i'm grinning from ear to ear with that question um because it, it's whenever we hear inner team, whenever I hear specifically, I hear inner team communications. It's like every guy, you know, every, every bubble with their chest rig on with a fucking radio. And it's just like, all right, why, 
like and, and then they just stop doing hand and arm signals and like all the all the things that you do when you you know you're moving i know you know all that stuff and and that yeah. kind of is the impetus behind the question um what you want to do is have this is old school method vietnam was was kind of vietnam macv sog and uh, a lot of your your uh uh, long range patrol because LERP, there was long range reconnaissance patrol, which was a division level asset. Then you had long range patrol, which was a core level asset. So it was a step above. All right, in Vietnam. Well, they utilized combo windows. And so uh, when you're, you're battle tracking in real time, when guys are, are on the move and they, they're actually assaulting something, uh, that's one thing. That, I mean, at that point, because the shot's already fired, so it doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. Yeah, you I mean you're to the right of bang at that point. So it, it's you know, it shit's shit's already going on. Um but when you're utilizing converging routes to come up on a target, you know, which is something that we do in a, the recce course, um, and you've got all your guys swarming towards the target from different directions, right? So it's it's a swarm technique. Um you coordinate watches or uh, synchronized watches rather. And, you know, Hey, you will be at this point at this time and you only radio in when you either you're compromised, which has happened. I mean, I've got a story from a couple of stories from Afghanistan about that. Both of them are kind of humorous and I, I mean, I spare them just for time's sake, but um, yeah, I, I do tell them in class, but, you know what what you're doing is you are mitigating the amount of rf that's going out the other thing that you can do is actually um tool oriented so i can take my radio and what i want to do is actually introduce loss so we think about like you know all, all the all the cool kids want the friggin' huge antennas and you know want to you know want my tape whip so that i can look like i'm um you know calling in airstrikes and fucking bagram or wherever like all right, man. Um, you know that all that high gain stuff is really good for talking over long distances, and that was its purpose, by the way. I've got an old dash ten from an embitter laying around here, and you know, I picked it up the other day and was poking through it, and you know, I remember that it had two different antennas, but I never really knew why. I just knew, you know, tape whip for singars communication and then if we were doing um you know talking to aircraft or whatever we would put the short whip on mm -hmm. all right and so they were cut for different frequency ranges but the other part of that was was that you put that little stubby on there and now all of a sudden your actual rf distance that's being covered your range so to speak is getting cut down quite a bit and um you know if if you're that that is what I would do, and so in uh, brushbeater.store, that's why I've got stubby BNC uh, antennas that are in stock. That's why I have those. That, that that's the purpose behind mm -hmm. them. So you know, you what you want to do is cut down the physical range. So let's say, like for example, I might need to only communicate with my team that's a thousand meters away. You know. Like they, they're, yeah. they're a thousand meters away from me. I don't, I don't need to cover like, you know, six miles or whatever. I just need to talk to him right over there. So that being the case, I don't want more people potentially detecting me than less. Right. So, I, you know, less is more at that point. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Greg rush and comments, big antenna, little wee wee. Uh, they <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. You know, this is the biggest problem in radios. Everyone wants to get as many fars as they can, right? I want to get as yeah. much range as I can. I want to talk 25 miles. No, actually, you don't. Uh, and, and you know what? Having been uh, a surveillance operative uh, the vast majority of my life, we only use the shortest possible antenna because I'm just yeah. trying to get six blocks. I don't need the whole world knowing who we're watching and why. So, yeah. Are you, uh, 100%, man. Uh, I guess kind of follow up or whatever to add on that. So are you trying to say maybe uh, just different size antennas as far as the yes. pace plan goes? So, Hey, we're rolling on yes. the stuff. Yes. If we get yes. the phase yes. line, yes. whatever, and we're trying to yep. talk and we can't, 
then wait oh, yes. a minute, throw a bigger antenna up. Yes, there you go, man. Okay. Like, oh, I'm grinning from ear to ear. I think you can hear it in my voice. Yeah, that's exactly what you do. You know, that's that's exactly that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah, because we're not you carrying know? giant satcom, so you know, a stubby yeah. or something. You know, yeah. Okay, all right, that's a great idea. Ah, yeah. oh, man. And yes, then, yeah, I love it, brother. I and then it. for anything longer, um, I was just thinking, and this is stuff we're still experimenting with, right? So in my yeah. mind, it's theory. We haven't practiced it yet, but for, for, for longer communications, we were, I, or I was just thinking the whole, um, you know, type out a report and then, uh, shoot it up as a burst versus yep. I'm on the hand mic for 20 minutes, verbally giving in, you know, what, uh, a salute report or whatever. Yep. And in chapter six of the gorilla's guide to the Balfang radio, I explain exactly how to do that. You're exactly right. And, and this is something that is taught or, well, I should say used to be taught in uh, recon and surveillance leaders course, um, is sending those data bursts out. And so what you would do, because, you know, every soldier, when they go in, every Marines taught, you know, salute report, size, activity, location, uniform, time and equipment, right? It's a basic spot report. Um, but when you're, you're talking about more um, higher requirements as far as uh, intelligence and surveillance goes, or physical ISR is what we called it. Um, now, all of a sudden, I have to fill out things like Angus and Boris and, you know, the and these again, these are covered in the book as well, uh, what those are. And they developed those in Vietnam. And what they would do is they would encode those messages back then and they would they would tap it out on a uh, with utilizing Morse code. This is where the the uh, trigrams came from. And they, mm -hmm. they would uh, create a, a long message make it very brief, burst it out because it was recorded on a tape player and it would, it would get bursted out very, very quickly. And then on the other end, they would slow that, that tape down because they would receive it. It would be recorded. They'd slow it down and then they would decrypt the message. We can do that with and FL message. We can do that with FL Digi. You know, if you carry a, a laptop to the field with you, take you know, a tough book or GTAC, something like that, uh, ruggedized uh, Android tablet, the programs are free, you know, and FL message is 100% free. And, and you, know, you download that, you have that capability built in. I mean, there's a little bit of a learning curve to it. Yeah. But everything is a learning curve to it. You know, I mean, it just gets, you just got to get out and do it. But the book's got a quick start on that. Um, very, very, I, I wrote it at, at the Joe level, meaning uh, the most basic down to earth, step-by-step -step level, you know, that anybody could pick this book up and create that, that capability. Right. So yeah, man. Okay. Awesome. Um, I'm sure I can go on forever, but there's a million guys <laughs> asking for your, uh, you know, input. Yeah. Here, so thanks. Appreciate it. All right, bro. Thank you. Thank All you right, so take much. care. Bye. All right, next caller, next question. Hey, while we're waiting on Open one, I wanted, to, I wanted to mention something that ties to that. So in yeah. law enforcement communications, what tied up the most radio traffic was calling in records checks, right? So you get on there and you're mm -hmm. calling in a guy's name, you're calling in a license plate, and that was tying up radio traffic. So uh, yeah. I know there was a conversation today about HF and data and the military never using it, but that's why police departments <laughs> now use the computer in the car, right? It's this idea came from the military and using HF you data. You chose violence. So, chose so they moved all of that to data over radio uh, so that the MP channel, military police channels, or, or now in civilian police, the police channels will be freed up of those record checks, right? They're doing it by data. It's the same thing that you you were just talking about. Sending those Boris reports and things like that yeah. in a data burst doesn't tie up the radio, doesn't allow DFing, and gives you more open air time for emergencies. So, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And by the way, that's the reason that APCO twenty five, also known as P twenty five. 
That's actually the reason it exists. Um, now, with some of the new systems that are out there for uh, MCOM, they have that broadbanded capability. They're, they're kind of quickly graduating to, um, as they're getting the money to do it, IRLP solutions, Internet Radio Linking Protocol. Um, and that's that's a rabbit hole I don't, I don't necessarily want to go down, but P25 was, was designed with that in mind for compartmentalization and more efficient use of the airspace. Um, it's while it has a, a native encryption mode, there's a bunch of problems with it. I linked to uh, a link to a white paper this morning about that. Um, and I'll tell you that anybody that's advocating you use surplus police radios, uh, for, anything serious should probably be ignored uh for a lot of reasons you know a lot of reasons can can you, you you're you're limiting yourself to this tiny little frequency space uh it's they're very easy to direction find you know you're you're blasting out a bunch of metadata it doesn't matter you know what your encryption protocol is or how strong it might be that's irrelevant. You know, the fact that, that the RF signature that you're putting out, uh, that same guy, by the way, was saying, RF emissions don't matter. Uh, yeah, yeah, they absolutely do. Um, and RF signature is a huge, huge, huge deal. Very big deal. That, that is how you positively identify targets of interest on the airspace. And you can use a free program called DSD+. Plus to scrape that metadata specifically from p25 you can do it with dmr so if you're one of these these cool kids who poses with you know your chest rig and you look like you need to go eat a cheeseburger or 12 uh put on some weight you know and you you like doing that and you think you're smarter than everybody else um I, and here i am choosing violence uh although i don't think we're going to hear from that guy for a while just uh, something just tells me I'm gonna point out that the symbol he was mentioning is is a Motorola only thing. That's not on all radio. I don't think we're gonna hear from him because when I point out that he's uh, uh, that he's committed multiple counts of check fraud, uh, that kind of that kind of causes some. But as a fraud examiner, uh, I think you can make computer fraud stick because people ordered that stuff online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, enough about that cat. Although that is the reason we're here tonight, but we take, uh, I, I knew you wasn't going to show up. So anyway, uh, enough is enough about that guy. Anyway, I ended somebody's career early today. Meant to, he, he needed it. Um, you rip my clients off and I'm going to maul you. That's just an open warning to anybody out there. You rip one of my client, one of my clients, any of my clients, and, and then you want to start something with me. You, you want to come at me. Uh, a guy who's done nothing but try and build this community up and offer quality products and services for uh, almost a decade now. It's 20 going into 2024. I actually started writing for another guy early on in 2014. So a decade and, and never did anything but try and build this community up. You want to come at me, you know, try and try your little bullshit tricks to, to repair your damaged brand. Fuck you. Uh, anyway, it's see you got me going, man. You got me going. I haven't even been drinking. That's my my New Year's resolution is cut back on the booze, so I can get that cardio back going to where it needs to be. Anyway, open country, man. I'm sorry to keep you waiting, brother. No, all good. I saw it on X2 today, and I, I was laughing all day, man. I got no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> no, nah. It's but you know, man. It's all good. It's all part of it. So what's up, man? It's good to talk to you. Yeah, it is. It is. And hey to Joe, too. Um, I'm going to keep it brief. I just had a real quick question. I don't have the book in front of me, but one of my guys is reading it right now. Um, I was wondering about antenna polarization when receiving. I was wondering, especially when it comes to, like, using um, a Yagi or some of these other antennas, like, how exactly does antenna polarization play into receiving versus transmitting? Um, cause I think I understand it a bit with the transmitting, but receiving, it was just a little, like, I just need a little more clarification. I got my pen and pad ready. What a great question. 
What a great question. All right. Antenna polarization. And this actually, believe it or not, this dovetails what Peter Provenzano was asking as well. Um, your antenna polarization. So uh, it also dovetails what Boilerman was talking about and something we discussed uh, earlier in the show. So when you have uh, your antenna is vertical, like, so, you know, for example, I got a bow thing, 152 sitting here. Um, it's vertical. Most of your handheld radios are vertically polarized. The antenna is straight up and down. If I take my Baofeng 152 and set it on its side, now the antenna that's on it is horizontally polarized. Well, you're probably thinking, okay, I got that concept. What is the difference? Like, what does this actually mean? Um, the difference is 12 decibels, all right? So, you know, we know of is decibels, how loud we hear things. Well, that also applies to your signal strength, right? Um, there's a, a 12 decibel difference in signal strength in matching polarizations. So if I, what I mean by that is, is if I have my vertical polarization, right, my antenna straight up and down, and then all of a sudden I, I lay it, you know, whoever's trying to receive me lays their antenna on its side, they may or may not hear me. And you're probably also thinking, well, 12 decibels really doesn't sound like a whole lot. Well, it doesn't sound like a whole lot to our open ears, but when you're talking signal strength, 12 dB is actually a lot for every consider this for every 3 db right every 3 db of gain meaning we're we're gaining signal strength versus loss where we're you know this is the opposite the inverse um when we are gaining something every 3 db we are actually doubling our signal strength and it's in orders of magnitude. So 3 dB would double it, 6 dB would double it yet again, and so on and so forth, right? Because they're in orders of magnitude. Well, if I'm introducing 12 dB of change between a horizontal to a vertical signal, it's very likely at the, the local level, right, that you may miss that signal altogether. It doesn't mean you won't, by the way. It does not mean that you won't, but it does mean that you might. And I demonstrate this in the signals intelligence course utilizing spectrum analyzers. Um, you know, we take spectrum analyzers and, you know, we, we are using them. And I actually show you the spike on the display, how it's, it's really strong. And then we change polarization and it goes down. It's like, all right, that's your signal strength in real time. And it, it's a really cool way of demonstrating that phenomena. Uh, so I saw um, uh, somebody in the comments saying it, it's this, this is really for, for line of sight. Absolutely. Uh, although you're kind of talking about uh, footprints of, of repeaters and whatnot. But yeah, this deals with line of sight, meaning if if I can see it, I can communicate with it. That's where your polarization really, really matters. Um, once you get into HF, it, because I had this question when I was learning uh, ham radio stuff once upon a time, and I'm still learning it. You know, anybody that tells you they're not learning anything new, they're, they're fucking lying to you. Um, you know, we're always learning new stuff or you should be, you know, nothing, nothing is in stasis. Um, I'm having to go back and, and reference stuff that I wrote years ago just cause you know, life gets in the way. Anyway, HF, why, why polarization doesn't really matter that much on HF is once your, uh, signal is refracted off of the ionosphere in the sky, it, it actually becomes a neutral polarization at that point it, and it's coming back down so it doesn't on hf it doesn't really matter that much polarization of your antenna on hf matters uh for a different reason in fact but it doesn't it doesn't really play a role on vhf uhf it absolutely does with regards to signals intelligence because i talk about this in signet book two um if i have a very strong signal that's coming in that is just overloading my receiver. I just can't get a line of bearing on it. I'm using, you know, a Yagi, try and get a lob on this thing and, and just nothing. 
what you can do is change the polarization of your antenna. You, ch you change that polarization and that's going to introduce loss. And when you introduce loss, this is also known as attenuation. Um, so when we attenuate something, we're, we're, um, we're essentially optimizing something for receiving care, uh, characteristics. And that's what we're looking for. So, uh, did that answer your question? It did for sure. Yeah, no, I got a ton of good notes there. So I'm going to go back and, and I actually got one of those tiny essays after reading the book and actually understand how the hell you use one of these. So I'll play around with that over the next little bit. That That's cool. That'll give me a good little exercise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. And, and I'm going to tell y'all, um, you know, there's a step-by-step -step in the book on, you know, how to use a, a spectrum analyzer in the field, specifically a tiny essay ultra, um with pictures so it's it's very easy to follow if you want an additional reference um my good friend gorilla logistician wrote an excellent piece and there's a couple of videos embedded in there too over on american partisan so if you go to americanpartisan.org click on the search bar and just type in uh tiny sa ultra that's going to be the first thing that pops up in the search bar and um he he knocked it out of the park. Uh, that that piece was extremely well done, easy to follow, and uh, was was very very well received. And and he's a sharp dude, by the way. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad to have him on the team. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, all right man. well thanks Kelly. yeah no that's that's pretty much all i had i really want to make it down to a course but how i'm i'm still scared of, i'm still scared of the board i'm not gonna lie in years but you know what i'm saying i gotta make it down there. oh yeah 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 i tell you man canada's a tough spot i've had a few canadians in class and um yeah I like canadians man it's it's y'all y'all are Y'all are really suffering up there, um, but I think the the pushback. I mean, when you when you see real populists like like Western Canada, you you see some of the real populist activists out there. You know, you got uh, Ezra Levant with with uh, Rebel News, who's just crushing it, man. There's some there's some real strong conservatives that are that are coming out of Canada. I mean, that pressure makes diamonds. And um, y'all you know, y'all got a hard fight, but I think that it's one that that you're gonna eventually surmount. And look, your fight is our. We fight. can slip you right over the border from Alberta into our Montana site, easy. <laughs> yeah, literally, like literally. It may come to that. It may come to that, we're, boys. We're right up. We're gonna be right up there by the Canadian border. So it's it's um, true. Hey, I'm not far. I'm not far at all. Not far, brother. In Corblund land, man, I love me some Corblund, dude. Love. Hell yeah, hell yeah. It's it's that's good stuff. Anyway, <clears throat> you know, originally I said we we're gonna go thirty minutes. Man, I lied. Just like that dude earlier today called me a man. I'm I'm a liar. I'm a man of terrible character. I'm all the worst. I kill puppies with my teeth. Uh, you know, whatever, man. I don't know what that guy's problem. Well, I know what his problem was. Anyway, one more question. Now we got three minutes left on the clock. Let's squeeze one more y'all in here. Oh, be prepared. Be prepared. Be prepared. My fellow wild geese. <laughs> it took me a half a second. That was a good one. Oh, by the way, I have wild geese tabs coming. So oh, oh, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. Do you, have, do you have one for me? Well, so far I only have two coming, and I think you might know who those are going to, but uh I'll order more. They oh, they come oh, from oh, Canada oh, though. Oh, it yeah. takes a minute, so be prepared is is the the wild geese originator. Right. I know, he, I know. He's an OG, dude. I don't know why I only ordered two. I should ordered like twelve, but come on, man. I tell you I'm what, on the site right image. now. I'm going there right send, now. Send me an image of it. I'll I'll get my my patch guy to, to get it. It'll be quick time. I mean, oh, I, I, that's a uh, better so idea. See, why don't we make see, our see, own? See, yeah. See, Mister Man already knows that, that he's like. 
are we going to be like the, the machine gun and the sniper? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we are man, machine, we're, we're a heavy weapons team. We're literally doing all the things. All the things. Anyway, man. Uh, so, question time. Let's get that. Let's get that last question knocked out, bro. I've got a question. I'm not sure where it's going to come from. Um, it's. Uh, let me turn this thing off. There we go. There we go. The, the the bro thing. And I can see the bro thing through all of it. And I can tell everyone, and I'm, I'm going to do this, it's, a, it's an, a, an action and a backup. The bro thing is that nobody, you can't do it unless you get and do something with your bros. Sorry. Still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I didn't get it. I don't know. I don't know what. So, what, was there a question in there? Not really a question. Yeah. It was a thing of uh, you observation. Can't be, you can't be a bro thing <laughs> if. Yeah. <laughs> just, ah, the Bacardi. The Bacardi speaks. <laughs> just kick my ass out. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. I think I know what you're saying. I think I, I think I can translate Alabama ease enough to know. Well, if you, know. you want me to do it, really, I can do it again. <laughs> oh, man. this feels like a this yeah, feels like a Thursday mother. night at about twelve thirty in the team room. It does. That's what it feels like. It, it does. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. So, uh, yeah, I think I think the, the translation there is, uh, you know, you. You don't have Come to on. have all the things to be able to do stuff. And yeah. you know, if you, Come on. If you, Come on. Keep doing it. You're doing well. <laughs> keep going. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, um, the point is, is that, you know, don't don't let elitists, don't let some asshole, you know, tell you that you can't you can't do this. You can't do that. You have to, you know, it's like, all right, man. Um, and, and whenever I see that, this might be a personality flaw of mine. I don't know, but you know, I, I have, as, as some people know in here, long time listeners, followers of mine know that I have zero tolerance for bullshit. None. What's I don't have time for it. I don't have time for people's crap. No, he <laughs> and I, I, you know, and, and I don't, I don't go around starting problems with people. Uh, Cause I really don't like having to do that. But when, when somebody comes knocking on your door, it's two things I won't tolerate. I won't tolerate somebody stealing in, in this community. All right. So a lot of people love to talk, you know, throw around the term, this community, this community, this, this community, that, well, let me tell you something. I've been in this community a long time. I've seen a lot of people come and go. I have shown some people the door to this community, by the way, I'm kind of good at it. You know, and I have zero time for it. I take this stuff deadly serious. It's more than just online bullshit. If you rip somebody off of money and you don't provide that service or that product or whatever it is that you promised and you're, you're out there putting out vaporware, I got no time for you. All right. The other thing is I have zero time for people's bullshit. They want to they want to start instigating fights. They don't they're not making comments in good faith. They're putting out bad information. They don't know what they don't know. And worst thing is, is that they're lying to you. I zero time for it. None whatsoever. And so that's that, um, you know, zero time for it. And those people, by the way, I don't consider them in my community. They become targets of interest. They're people that, you know, oh, OK, there's a litmus test. There's a standard of performance. You don't want to be a fucking clown show. This is how you're going to do things. And if you're running around out there trying to break everybody else down, well, you can't do this, you can't do that, or you got to do these things, and you have no qualification whatsoever to be commenting on anything, 
I mean, no, nah, I'm sorry. I got no time for you. You know, so that's pretty much that. And then when you steal people's money, you don't provide something and and then you show back up. Right. I've had to deal with with others that were like that in the past. And and I'm sorry, you know, no time for it. None whatsoever. Uh, and, and that's that. That's the long and short of it. Anyway, uh, enough about that, though. Enough about the negatives. No more will be said. Everything that needed to be said about that has been said. And that's it. Moving forward. Very, very productive evening. And I think that this is something that um, the response was really good for a ad hoc, uh, you know, just like, hey, spur of the moment. This is what we're going to do. This got an incredibly strong response. So I think that this might need to be a thing going forward, um, you know, and, and of course we'll see. I'm going to be putting it up and, uh, you know, anyway, with that said, get out there, do something, brushbeater.store. The training calendar is up, brushbeater.org slash training calendar. You're going to see everything for the year. There's embedded links that go over to the store so that you can register. See you. Uh, I want to see you in class. I want to see you out training. I want to get that opportunity to be able to train with you. Um, anyway, with that said, folks, God bless. And I will talk to you again tomorrow night for Sons of Liberty Live. This is NC Scout.